Oh, get, get rid of the metronome. Oh, it's just going to count you in. There you go. Okay, are you on? Are we, are we oh, on? yeah, you're on. Oh, wow. Okay, let me, let me see. Yeah, adjust that level. Get hello, it a, hello. It's a little high. Hello, a little hot. A little hot. You're coming in a little hot there. Okay, hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Whoa. I hello. think it's just because you're very close to hello. it. Don't kiss her. Don't kiss her. Yeah, there you go. Is that better? I think so. That's a good, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. better. Okay. Okay, you ready? Okay, I'm ready. One, two, three, four, five, six. Hello, and welcome to another episode of That Do It For You podcast, the Sexual Awakenings podcast, where we talk about the media that made us horny for the first time. I am your host, Leo Grierson, as always, and I'm here today with the specialist of guests. What? Hi. Ah! Hi guys, I'm Kriska. We are coming to you live from Leo's couch. Yes. Up in Ashland, Oregon. Yes. What up, what up? This is only like the second interview I've ever done with someone in person. Stop. Yeah. Oh, because this is a pandemic baby. Yeah, it's a pandemic baby. Crazy. Yeah. How long have you been doing it now? Well, I'm not consistent about when I post. What is consistency? When I first, yeah, when I first was doing it, I was like, I'm going to like make this my job. I'm going to become a podcast star. Who's to say? It's but a couple years for Joe Rogan. Ugh. <laughs> um, I am way better than Joe Rogan. Um, thank you. What a low bar, but thank you. Um, <laughs> no, but like yeah, it was when I was like unemployed or like underemployed. I had all this time to devote to it, and I was releasing episodes weekly, and then it was you know biweekly, and then I just like it, now it's a hobby. But um, I enjoy I enjoy doing it. That is such an interesting question. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I run a podcast called Two Horny Ghosts. Yes. So that, you know, yes. Sometimes when you overdo something, <laughs> it becomes like less, you know, visceral. Yeah, I feel like our our podcasts feel very like like kin podcasts. Very true. Very true. Twin flames, if you will. Yes. Um, both dealing with matters of horniness. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's so interesting because like, I think, not to get like super vulnerable, but like that's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. When I was like younger and a woman I think that I like I was like such like a hypersexual person and I was like I'm like a horny fuck freak and yeah and that's like that was fine and nothing wrong with that and like this is not like this is obviously a very sex positive space but like I think for me a lot of what was going on was like I need so much validation and like the way that I look and my worthiness as a human being and like in my gender right. that like that kind of desire wasn't stemming from a place of like, Oh, I want to have sex because it feels good. Yeah. It was coming from like, I need to have sex because I don't feel worthy as a human being. Right. You were trying to like win the patriarchy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be the most feminine. I'm going to be the, like the best fucking pussy you ever had. Exactly. Yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, but I did give a fuck. I know. <laughs> we all gave a fuck. Like, yeah, and I, it, it like, it, it nearly killed me. Yeah. It like, it made me lose my mind. I was crazy. And I hate using that word. Well, no, yeah. I get to use that word. You can use it, yeah. Because I. Because you're inside that house. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am mentally ill and I've had that word used against me in a harmful way. Yeah. So I feel like anytime 
a, a word has been used against you in a way that's meant to be hurtful, you get to reclaim that word. That's up to that's up to you. So I get to I, I get to call myself crazy, but it, yeah. it made me crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It made yeah, yeah. me like I owe some people some apologies. Sure, sure. <laughs> but like there's a certain type there's a certain lack of agency and a certain need like to be a cool down chick to like not act not like have not be honest with the feelings that you're actually having. Absolutely, you know? yes. Yeah, As you know. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think also, like, I wasn't a bad person. Oh. I was 22. Like, yeah. that's all. Yeah. I was a baby. Yeah, you were just figuring that shit out. And yeah. I know I have many young listeners mm-hmm. um, because, not, like, young, but hopefully not. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no, I don't know. I had I have, I have, I have listeners who are in their early 20s um, because I went to college oh, nice. a lot. Yeah. I went to college a lot. And... Um, yeah, fuck. Yeah. So if my if my young friends are listening, just know that you're not crazy. You're not a bad person. You are 22. Yeah. Obviously, like, like own your own behavior and, like, take responsibility for your own shit. But also, you'll yeah. grow out of it. It's like, fine. Literally, your brain's not done forming yet. Literally. Literally figuring out, like, everything on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You're still, you're not, like, a teeny teen anymore. But you still have hormones fucking raging. Like, <laughs> horny all the time. Horny all the time. On any, I I feel like in yeah. their 30s, like, well, apparently women, like, peak sexually in their 40s. Like, <gasps> really, that is, like, the demi more <sighs> time. Like, you know what I mean? And then I think peak in their, like, mid to late 20s, so it's, like, real, real early. Oh, you know? interesting. So that's why women have, you know, more wisdom. No, but. That's true. Yeah, but it's interesting. That is know? so interesting. And so, but I promise you that crazy, like, can't focus on a conversation without feeling horny. Feeling goes away a little bit. <laughs> like, working in a professional space, you have to. You have to chill out a little bit. You have to stop fucking where you eat. You really, you really do. Those, I brought like a boyfriend. I brought him into my Mm. workplace and Mm. I got him a job there. Mm. And when we broke up and when he cheated on me, (gasps) yeah, it It, was the most fucking awkward shit. And I wanted to be like a cool down person. No. And acted cool and chill about it, but inside it fucking That sucks. I know. Also, I'm a hypocrite because I met Wiley at my workplace. Well, so mm. that's fine because you guys are we're in love. Yeah. We're in love. It's yeah. you know only do it if you're in love. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I we jumped right into like right juicy, right. juicy content. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was just on the phone with my life coach. This <gasps> um, Yannicka Tolman, just an angel in my life. Yes. And, you know it's crazy because so uh, I met Leo back in 2019 when my husband and I we moved up to Ashland. You're a native here. It was my first time here. Um, and it was a wild, crazy time. We literally got married and then a month later drove up, right. moved here, no friends. <sighs> I we neither of us have been in the theater community really. Like I did it I did theater in high school, but this is like professional, adult, like insane lifers. Yeah. Like a lot of lifers. Yes. You know? Yes it is. Um, and so it was like definitely culture shock and I, I think like I was I was younger. I was new in my marriage, obviously, and I didn't know myself as well. I wasn't as happy with myself. Mm. And I think coming back three years later, having done all the work, <laughs> I, I just like, I, it, it strikes me like I have a lot more compassion for myself. Mm. And even when you texted me like, okay, it's kind of hard to be like a partner. That's okay. We can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hard to be like a partner of someone who's on staff yeah. at this very weird little microcosm that we call OSF. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing um, and hard. And hard. Totally. Look back at myself. I'm like, that bitch was adorable. She was adorable, and I. 
she was amazing. And like, yeah. like I texted you, I think one of my biggest regrets was not like hanging out with you more okay. at the time. I was, I had a lot of like, again, focusing on other stuff that was not as important at the yeah. time. Yeah. I think like, see now it's, I'm just like, I'm way more like settled in myself. I have like a job that I work during the day. And it, yeah. so like my feelings of like inadequacy around like, oh, like my partner's working here and I'm not, yeah. that's like difficult. Yeah. And like feeling a little bit on the outside looking in yes. super hard. Um, so like, yeah, I just, like, it made me like think of you so much and just being like, God, like I, Frisco was so cool. And just like, I wish that I hung out with her more. But, like, I, I don't know if you ever felt it, but like sometimes when people are having conversations, you don't know when to jump in, when to not. It's like a very complicated, like double Dutch situation. Very much. Know? Yes. And like sometimes you step in and then either like, it, they kind of react like, oh, well, you don't know anything about that. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they, they're nice, mm -hmm. which is almost worse. Ugh. Where they, like, smile. And they <laughs> How smile. dare. You know, yeah. Like, oh, nice is worse than Nice like, is sometimes worse. No, I don't know. Is it worse? I had a funny experience yeah. last night. So we were at the bar last night, yes. but this was before you got there. Oh, okay. Um, hanging out with some lovely folks. Lovely, like, lovely. this is not about them. This no. is about, like, a thing that happens sometimes when you're, like, with a group of people. I am the kind of person that, like, I have to be the funniest bitch in 7-Eleven for some yeah, reason. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, so I'm, like, you know, I'm the kind of person who's, like, throwing verbal spaghetti at the wall, you just know. seeing what sticks. Nothing's going to work. I'm going to find, you know, what makes your tickets. Right. Awesome. And, like, I feel like mental illness is, like, a pretty universal. <laughs> it's like everyone has that, right? So, like, I'm making jokes about being mentally ill. Yeah. Crickets. <gasps> no. And I was like, oh, no, well, this is so embarrassing. Well, this is the wrong audience. Ah, I know. And like a part of me is like, are you going to like call the police? Oh, <laughs> like, why, why do you think that makes people uncomfortable? Like, I, I find it so funny the way that you're able to bring candor and humor to the subject that yeah. you know, is kind of taboo. Fine. Even if it's less taboo, like people that are seriously going through it don't feel like they have they can talk about it. Right. It is such like, it is such like a, it's still such a taboo subject, even though therapy is becoming so much more normalized. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like, I think it's like when I make like jokes about my dead father. Yeah. I think it's kind of similar. I don't and think it's people being like, ooh, I think it's people being like, oh, like if I laugh at this, yeah. are are they going to think that I'm laughing at their mental illness yeah. or at their dead father? When yeah. it's like, no, no, no. Like, right. I'm making a joke about how grief is a ridiculous thing that we all go through. And while it's like incredibly painful, also has its very funny moments. Yes. And same with mental illness. Yes. Like if you can't laugh at it. Right. Let's talk about grief because I, uh, you know, I, I've lost a lot of people in my life. Mm. And I do feel like people that haven't lost people. Have no idea how to laugh at it. They, they don't because <laughs> I think it's like, um, I think on one hand, they project. Their own totally, yeah. Right? And then on the other hand, like, um, they don't want to jinx shit. Yeah. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I didn't think of like, that. They don't want to jinx shit, you know? And, 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 you know, I totally, 100 fucking percent understand that. Yeah. And uh, like you said, I feel like grief has so many gradations. Like, mm -hmm. it's not all sad. It's sometimes, like, it's, it's, it's funny. It's grotesque. It's weird. It's stupid. It's mundane. Yes. You know? And, all like, those things. You don't have a map to it. You don't really know how to, like know where what is on the map because that's, you don't even have a map that's you know? so true yeah it's complicated. 
all of this to say is I made a faux pas last night and then you showed up and I was able to joke about my mental illness again because you thought it was funny and but also I think you know the element of surprise is like a lot about humor but like I think there's like something universal about grief and there's something universal about horniness which everyone gets horny I guess not ace folks which I'm learning more about yeah Maybe they, get, they get horny about certain topics. Right, and I've had, yeah. It's more like an outlook on life. Totally, yes. So just like purely sexual. Yeah, I love that story. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've, I think I've had folks on here who like have been less inclined to talk about like sexual horniness okay. and more inclined to talk about like romantic horniness Ooh. or like horniness, of, like something about like taking something in that like awoke them. And like, that's all welcome here. I, I made the mistake of having my mom on this podcast. Not the mistake. It's a great episode. It's a great episode. I believe it is. I, I have to go back and listen to that because that is courage. You know what I mean? You had your dad on your podcast. But not talking about uh, sex stuff. Sex. Yeah. Yeah. I ask my dad, like, what made you horny? Like, you know? Right. It's amazing. Like, I think my mom, I don't think I did a good job of explaining it to her okay. because she didn't understand what I was asking of her it. to do. She, like, well, I love when at Vons they have a sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what well, she was just talking about how much she connected to the movie The Sound of Music, oh, <laughs> which was really oh. sweet and cute. And of course, I'm over here being like, Captain Von Trapp was so hot. Yes. And she's like, I loved the kids. Oh, and I was like, Mom, <laughs> can't say that. But then we got off the phone. We got off the call and she was like, I thought we were going to do like improv. <laughs> My mom has like an improv class that she takes and they do shows every once in a while and they've all been on Zoom and I've gotten to see every single one and they are amazing. It is. It's the best. I look forward to it every time. I get like super trashed and watch my mom do it. When you argue with your mom, is it like, yes, and? Well, not only that, but my mom is a therapist. So she like, she comes in like with all of her tools. Yeah, like, absolutely. Name it and hold it because it's like you're literate. You thank you. That's that is that is one of the that that's definitely one of the only things I'm literate in. I often joke that I don't know how to read. That's <laughs> that's, that's ADHD. I just like I'm not good at reading. <laughs> exactly. I guess so. Well, I'm emotionally literate. Actually, I have emotional intelligence. But maybe that's what makes you like a good actor because you you have to memorize things. Yeah. Like you have I, to live in it over and over again. True. I mean, I think I, I, I let acting go because I realized that I will never not get over that feeling of not knowing what to do with my arms. Fair. And I think to be a professional Fair. actor, yeah. you have to let go of that feeling. You might wake up one day and be like, that's what my pinky's supposed to do. And that Maybe. Your way back. I really want to try stand up comedy. Yeah, I can Oh, God, that's such an embarrassing thing to admit. Well, <laughs> as a white man. As a white man in his 30s, that's, like, crazy embarrassing for me. <laughs> but I, I think you have the, the, the stage awareness, you have the, the energy, you have the fucking quick mind. Mm. So, actually, like, and I think it's a beautiful craft. I know my sister hates nothing more. If I dragged her to a stand-up show, that'd be, like, literally her nightmare. Does she have, like, intense secondhand embarrassment? She does, yeah. Uh. She just can't stand when people are too earnest and take things too seriously. Uh. And she's my best friend. And every every occupation I pursue in life is too earnest and too honest. Well, you're she a musician. Yeah. That's she a very earnest yeah. and honest profession. She likes, like, like a, 
give give her like a Willie Bird, like don't give a fuck, don't even really want to be their band. That's like lo-fi that they're playing it, but it's like ironically playing. Oh it, like, God. A guitar solo, but an ironic guitar solo. No. Like, but that's like her vibe. Okay. For me, like if I'm not connected with like your soul, like if our souls aren't fucking each other, it's like <laughs> I'm you're singing, like I don't want it. Totally. No, I'm with you. I'm I I I love I love I'm a person with like who has a good appreciation of irony. I'm a yeah. I'm a queer person, so obviously like camp is like a big part of right. my aesthetic and personality. But like I do in my art need there to be like a core of sincerity. Yeah. So like but like I get like that's like a lot for some people. And yeah. some people can't cannot handle that. And yeah. Like being like sardonic and ironic, is that like a, was that a coping mechanism at some point or is that have has that always just been a perspective? I think it's a little bit of both. I've definitely like eased off of that a lot in my life. Um, just like in my personhood, I used to like be so toxic. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you mean? Well, okay. And this is still true to me. Yeah. And I want to ask you what your opinion on yeah. this is. Um, I love, I love gossip and I love, <laughs> I love talking shit and I'm very opinionated. And like, I am really opinionated on like, art that my friends make Yo, yeah i mean come yeah comes with the fucking territory and so i think yeah. i've I, i've like kind of leaned into irony as a way to like avoid people being critical about my art in the yeah. same way that i'm critical about theirs because yeah. yeah. if it's like supposed to look bad yeah. then like i've achieved i've achieved like the goal of yeah. my art and then no one can be like well that looks like shit because i can be like i know beat them to the punch. Yeah. i achieved yeah, my goal I, of looking like you, shit i Exactly. So I actually fucking yeah. Nailed no, it. I I think one big thing for me was I think that okay, you know, I love <laughs> gossip. My grandma was a gossiper. Like I, she would get yeah. on the phone with aunts and be like, Well, like you'll never like you'll never guess what number <laughs> one just told me. Like her son is not speaking to her and that's a direct all the family shit, drama, you know? yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I ate it up too. Oh yeah. You know, so it's genetic. So it, I yeah. have to be hard on myself. But I think I realized, like, you know, being, I was, like, a singer-songwriter in L.A., and that's, like, a very <laughs> crowded space. Yeah. You know, the worst, the only place that could be worse would be, like, Nashville. Oh. Right? Like, that's, like, the only other place that would be worse. Maybe has more saturation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I realized, like, I would, I'd be really critical of people. But it, when it came to actually doing my work, um, one, it fed my insecurities. Yep. Because it's like if I say something bad about someone, then I better fucking breathe. Yeah, you have to show up. Yeah. Yeah, and then it would inhibit me from doing work because I was so afraid to be bad. Yeah. So much. Yeah, and so I think I still love to. I love hot goss. I love <laughs> to hate on my like friends' toxic relationship. Oh yeah. And, but I do it to their faces. Oh, that's you good. Know? Yeah, that's healthy. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, yeah. that's confrontation. Like that conflict. Out, right? Conflict is not abuse. No. And no, and yeah, that's. I think I've gotten like better about just like letting like other people's like lives are not my problem yes, and that's yes. like I've gotten better about that I've like gotten medicated I've gotten yes. I've since I've come out a lot of my like emotional baggage has just kind of like fallen to the wayside and I feel a lot better yeah. but like you I seem happier thank I, I you know, I, there's like a lightness like I I mean you were gorgeous then thanks gorgeous now. thank you like but I remember feeling like there was something I couldn't really access you. Good on picking up on that. Yeah. That's very astute. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. And now I'm like, wow, it's so, it's, it's like a handicap ramp has been put in. Thank you. you know? Yes. I'm sorry. Wheelchair ramp 
Handicap ramp is probably like not the right term. I'll edit it out. Yeah, there was a ramp. <laughs> there was a ramp. Yeah. The gates have been open. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, I'm not to make this about like all about me and my coming right. out, yeah. but like it, yeah, because you knew me when I was like still a very feminine person. I was using yeah. they them pronouns, but I wasn't like really I wasn't like out as like a trans person yet and now I am and like a lot of my problems that I didn't realize were problems connected to that like are just not issues anymore and it's it's really nice I feel so much better so much less insecure so much less like tangled up in other people's lives Yeah. yeah and like almost like it's like two things it's like that that need for artifice, that time, like, when, between when you meet someone and when you feel comfortable with them, that need for artifice has, like, shortened. Absolutely, yes. If, like, poof mm-hmm. disappeared altogether. Yeah. And you're just, like, happy. You're just happy Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I am. I mean, also, in addition to that, I was, um, the way that I say this, because it's ridiculously difficult to get uh, tested for autism in America, um, but my, I, I finally found a therapist that I, like, really, really gelled with. In New York, he was a trans man who, like, super understood, like, what I was going through and all these things. And he said that he, he's like, I speculate that you are on the spectrum um, just based on what you've told me. Um, You are welcome to try to get tested. It is, like, upwards of $2,000 to get tested. And all that really does is, um, A, make you an easier target for fascists when that inevitably happens. He didn't say that, but he, like, alluded. And be um I could maybe get like accommodations at school but like besides that like he's like if you have like tools that you want to use to like cope with the world that are also helpful for other people on the spectrum like and that works for you like I like just do that and honestly that has been super freeing also like before I just like didn't feel like I could leave a situation where I was overstimulated or like just like not feeling it and yeah. like my boundaries have gotten a lot right. better i was gonna say like you learned how to set boundaries for yourself of yeah the rest of the care yes not just of like people involved in your life but you involved in the world yeah i'm wow. much less of a people pleaser now yeah and i mean it's like a also a patriarchal structure thing where um it's very difficult like and I, you know i know sometimes they just split it into men and women but it's like more difficult to yeah those women with autism of course yes they haven't set those parameters clearly yeah and on it, like just generally, we're better at kind of like catching up on those emotional things. Yeah. And faking it. Totally. You know? And so that's like complicated. I think, yeah, masking is a thing that like is, is like, I think easier for people on certain parts of the spectrum than others but I think also people who are uh, other types of neurodivergence also mask I think also I've talked to some friends who are black or are like from who are queer or other things and they like they talk about how code switching feels really similar to masking in that it's just about like I can put on a face and like be quote unquote normal whatever that means but now my like tolerance for how long I can be out in the world doing that is yeah. so much more fine tuned yes. that I like know when I've had enough and like I can just like be like, OK, I'm done. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's so nice. Sorry, we've been talking about me no, so much. I love, it. I love learning so much more about you and your journey. And I'm sure your listeners have already heard a lot of it. Yeah. But it's cool, cool to kind of, you know, yeah. dive into it and see. But tell us where you came from, and then we'll get into the topic at hand. Yeah, like, why are you here in my living room? Why am I here in your living room? So I, uh, my husband is Abraham Kim. Yay, shouts out. Woo-hoo! He was in Cambodian rock band. Yay, shouts out. SF, you know, and uh, he and 
Jane Louie, who's also... Yay, shouts out! This is just like a super family, like... We love it. We love it. Um, But he's been drumming with her for the past, maybe like just over a year. Mm -hmm. Well, they started when they were here. Yeah. They've been doing it together down in SoCal, talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like about a year. Let's Uh, say like uh. around a year. And uh, so I've heard like all this stuff on repeat. But anyhow, Jane, she's going by her stage name, Soraya, is doing a West Coast tour. And I am the merch girl, slanging merch, doing social meds, um, <laughs> and kind of wanted an opportunity to get out of fucking town and, yeah. you know, visit some old haunts. Yay! Eat at Sandwich. Like, you know, yes! Like the things we do. The things we do. No, yeah. it's like when you said you were coming into town, I was so excited, A, to get to hang out, and B, we've been tr- I've been trying to get you and your fellow yes. podcaster, Roxy, yes. on the pod. So wild because last time we lived, literally we had a Zoom meeting schedule. We had everything yeah, ready. everything was ready to go, and then the fires happened. Yeah, Leo was like, "I'm so sorry, but like my house might burn down." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, like go." Yeah, the and then it was just like it was way too. It just like kind of fell to the wayside as as things do. And again, nothing person like no. nothing personal to you. But I like that you <laughs> took time to like care yeah. about yeah. <laughs> you know being somehow like worried about somehow being impolite. Of which course. You it was a rough day. Yeah. It was a rough like c- couple months after that. And honestly, oh like the community is like hardly recovered. But Jeez. anyway, so now you're back yeah, here. Yeah. The fires have have come and gone. That's not smoky. You came at a wonderful time. I mean, knock on wood. But oh that's, my like, god. A miracle. Miracle. Yeah. Like in miracle. July. Like wow. We've had a very mild summer so far. Well, it was 105 on what Monday. So yeah. Well, yeah, comparatively. <laughs> but so you, so you're from Los Angeles. From SoCal. From SoCal. Born and raised. Yeah, I was born in Santa Monica. I was raised in um, what we now dub the 626. Uh-huh. The area code of the area that I grew up in. Um, San Gabriel, Temple City, Rosemead, Pasadena. It's this um, area in LA. Oh, Monterey Park. Can't forget Monterey Park. Oh, can't forget Park. Monterey Park. You know, How dare you? Yeah, what am I thinking? I wouldn't be born <laughs> if there wasn't like, a Monterey Park. Um, but, you know, it was this uh, this kind of wave of immigration in the in the 80s um, of people from Taiwan, China, and they all kind of settled in this one area. So if you go down there, there's a bunch of Chinese restaurants. Um, there's a bunch of Taiwanese restaurants. And not only are there Chinese restaurants, but there are representationally, like, easily like nameable like 15 to 20 different regions of china amazing like you can get very very specific food there's a huge vietnamese population um and you know i love a good taiwanese breakfast mm. so i grew up thinking that's just what america looked like yeah, yeah yeah so in a weird way i i i grew up feeling very like secure in myself because i attended a school that had in my um, ethnicity. Yeah. In myself. You know, yes. That was very difficult. Yes. It took a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. But we'll get, we'll get to that. Oh, we're getting there. Uh, right? Um, but uh, I was very comfortable in my ethnicity because I grew up around a bunch of Asians. I went to a predominantly Asian uh, elementary school and then high school and then college. I went to UC Irvine, which is like... You know, yeah. if you weren't Asian there, like, it'd be like, oh, <laughs> they come to the wrong school? Did they not know? You yeah. Know? Did they think that this was like University of Connecticut somehow? Ah! Some shit went down. Like, wires got crossed. But anyhow, I think um, moving out and doing tech in Santa Monica after that, I worked in marketing um, for, for startups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming up to Ashland, like, later in life, uh, was a was a culture shock. Yeah, there's only yeah. white people here. Yeah. But that's that's not true. That is that was blatantly untrue. There yes. is a, a a large um, Mexican immigration yes. 
boom here. Um, not so much after the fires. A lot of folks had to move away from the area. Yeah. But like Ashland itself has been zoned so that right. it's mostly white people. Ooh, and it's, um, I think what I realized, it, it's, it's nice white people. Oh, that's you know? worse. Yeah. <laughs> In many ways. Yeah, it's this like, <laughs> You know, I appreciate so many people, like, can you know, like, maybe a little older, not to be ageist, but like some, you know, well-meaning people. Well-intended boomers. Yes. Um, are telling me how I should feel about being a person of color, you know? And what, and, and immediately to offloading on me what they've done for people like me, you know? And it's just like. Oh, how the, generous of or them. Or the food that they've eaten or the travels that they've gone to, you know? And it's, it's um, not malicious. No, no, no. Way. But it is misguided. It is misguided. Yeah. Yes. Internally, like you just have to like, like exactly. Yes. Laugh at it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we've touched on your childhood a little bit, okay. but I want to circle back to that. Okay. The topic at hand. We are returning yes. to a topic that we've covered before, but we're getting a whole new yeah. view on it. Yeah. Priska, uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Lord of the Rings. We're talking the Fellowship. Yes. We're back. Oh, my favorite movie of all time. My favorite movie. Yes. That's your fave? That's my fave. Tell me your fave. Okay, well, tell me why it's your fave and, like, let's get into Because it. my, like, when I think about, like, my moment yeah. of, like, actual, like, sexual awakening. Yeah. Like, I was always a very horny child. Yes. Like. Rubbing on blankets. All the time. Yeah, yeah, like, same. well, like, so people with vaginas apparently, yeah. like, masturbate super young. Yeah. And they, yeah. it's like a comfort thing. But they don't, like, recognize that it's, like, a horny thing till yeah. later. And so, like, my moment that I learned, like, oh, I'm horny. Yeah. I was at the movie theater with my parents oh my God. seeing Return of the King oh my God. because like my stepmom loves Lord of the Rings and it was like it. it was like we're gonna enjoy this together and this is crazy this is like not normal <laughs> um so do you know that part and I, I told this story already I'm gonna tell it again okay. you know that part this is not sexual <laughs> when um Pippin played masterfully by Billy Boyd yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, he sings. Oh. Yeah. So, like, pretty much from the moment that he, like, touches the, um, I want to call it a palanquir. Uh, palantir? Yeah. Um, or whatever. I don't know. You yes. can know. This is a safe space <laughs> yes. for nerds. Okay. Have you, you met my partner? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> but, like, and then he, like, kind of, like, has his little seizure. And then um, Gandalf kind of, like, brings him back around. He yeah. was, like, breathing really heavily. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I like something in my brain just like clocked Whoa. that that's like I was like that's hot. Whoa. He's hot. That was Whoa. hot. So I'm like low key like aroused throughout the whole film and then he sang. Ugh. And I was like uh, I'm sploosh. <laughs> yeah, I like gripped the seat oh. and I was like my mom was like oh you're like really emotional in that moment. Oh I was my like God. yeah. And then like Boromir's dad is like I know, and it's like such a terribly weird yes. like moment. Like, kind of grotesque, convoluted, and like, layered. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and also like it's stinky and fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that is like so for me. Yes, Return wow. of the King was a porno. But like, please wow. tell me about like your experiences with these films. Okay. 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 I. So how old were you when Return of the King came out? I want to say I was like. 12, okay. 11 or 12, somewhere in there. Because I think I was that age when Fellowship came out. Okay. So for me, I love the entire thing. I see it as one piece of, you know. It I, is. One work. Yeah. I, I think it was Peter Jackson's best work. Oh, absolutely, yes. even come close, no offense. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, whatever. Whatever. He, he lost. No, it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's fine. He's great. 
he's great. But that was like his that was like the work that like almost killed him. You yeah, know? definitely he, like, yes. He didn't sleep, he didn't eat, like he yep. was just like yep. he poured it all in there. Yep. Anyhow, um, and there's this one time where at Century City Mall in uh, the AMC at the Century City Mall in Los Angeles, they had a, a full full day screening of Lord of the Rings. Fun. I think this was like 2013. Uh-huh. And I went with a composer friend of mine because um, my boyfriend at the time was like, no, I'm not doing that with you. We're Rude. You. The yeah, audacity. Yeah, literally the audacity. Um, <laughs> we're <laughs> recording on audacity on one of the laptops. I'm just double checking that this one is still going. Oh, yeah, we're great. Okay. Um, am I too loud? No, you're fine. Okay. I can always take the levels down later. Oh, yeah. It was a full day marathon. Yes. Of the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Best way to send a day. Holy shit. Yeah. So, like, each movie's four hours long. Yes. Yeah. I paid, like, $40 for parking that day. So oh, my fuck God. No, no fuck. It's, but it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I, and, and there, between each, um, between each movie, um, there was, like, a little side, there was a little video of Peter Jackson that would pop up, and he'd be like, well, this is like the things that I did, like blah blah. blah. So please enjoy the show, like twenty minutes talking about all the nerdy shit you sure, know about. Sure. Sure. Um, and I remember at the end of Return of the King, I just stood up and had to clap. I, I had to give it a yeah, standing ovation. Yeah, that's some white people yeah, behavior right yeah, there. Yeah, I, my inner like white person really came out. Like, I've been cultivating her, you know, uh, drinking rosé. You know, I've been doing the work. We're know? going to the winery later, yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow. So I, and that's the moment I saw that it was one, it was one movie and it was 14 hours and it was gorgeous and it was illustrious and I loved everything about it. But anyhow, I'm, I'm talking a lot about nothing. Uh, when I was 12, 13 and Fellowship came out, I remember just seeing Frodo reading a book at the very beginning. Something, you know, you know, I follow hot dudes reading on Instagram and I... <laughs> I, something about the peacefulness of the scene and the pensiveness and the focus that he had. Mm. I, the focus. I, I focus. Think, like, if someone was going down on you, like you, would you want help, that the focus of on you. Yeah, yeah. The, the way that Frodo focused on that. It's also like a sapiosexual kind of thing yes. where it's like Frodo's learned. He's yes. like intellectual. Yes. Yeah. And like, I feel like when I'm hoarding for people on screen, like, yes, like I feel like, you know, the sploosh, but then <laughs> I almost like, I, I don't, actually this is probably from my like very protestant upbringing but like, <laughs> i don't actually want to fuck them right. i don't actually want to see their genital area but i'm just i'm sexually charged something's going on yes, yeah by just them being them and them being fucking beautiful and <sighs> then yeah the rest of the movie i was like i hurt inside i don't know if you had that feeling but it like, was like an ache yes yeah it, a, it was a yearning yearning uh, yeah he is, like, Elijah Wood is also, like, one of my biggest celebrity crushes. Ooh, ooh. I, he's just, mm, he's so, like, compact and yes. beautiful. And, mm. and the eyes. The eyes. Then, you're going through this movie, and you're like, cool, Strider, very hot. Fine. Uh, older I get, the more I'm into Strider. I guess. Yeah, yeah fine. But being young, the minute Legolas... <laughs> Orlando Bloom. Yeah. yeah, he hops so he off hops his horse. off the horse. Yep, yep, yep. He's speaking fucking elvish. Yes, he's he is. fucking gorgeous. Yes, he's he is. Those little braids that he had. Very nice. I'm like impressed by that. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I could break like that. Yeah, know? absolutely. And the eyebrows and the cheekbones. But he I, was carved by the gods. I was not okay. I was not okay. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful man. I wanted to be the horse. Totally. I wanted to be the bow. Ah. I to be the quiver. And I was quivering. You were you quivering. I mean? Yes, I, I get it. I mean, Legolas, I just, for me, Orlando Bloom was such like a 
goofy actor in the series that I was like, it was hard for me to be like, take him seriously. Just because, I mean, to his credit, he was like just out of acting school. And he... Still not an acting heavy hitter. He's really beautiful. And he like... He he looked the part so well, and yeah. in that blonde wig, like you can forgive him and yeah. him and uh, Legless and Gimli's relationship, yes. obviously, just like so. And his physicality. Oh, wonderful! Really yeah. Great. Oh, he moved yeah. very well. Oh, it was just like moved. part of the Lord of the Rings drinking game is that you have to drink anytime Legless says anything. Yeah, <laughs> and I think he's kind of self-aware. Of that oh, he knows. Yeah. The, the, like behind-the-scenes interview, he's like, "Oh, like, oh, I'm Legless. I'm just gonna say the most obvious thing." Yeah, like, yeah. No, orcs are coming. It's like, yeah, bitch, totally. you see them fucking running over. Like, it's it's yeah. very it's very funny also if you listen to the cast commentary because they're all like, Aw, Orlando, ah, Orlando, look at him go. They all clearly like loved yeah, him. Everyone was clearly crushing on him. Obviously, yes, but like, it, but back to your yeah. experience as yeah. as a 12, yeah. 13 year old girl watching these films. Right. So I remember you're full of home. aching and longing. Aching. Yeah. I <laughs> I'd close my eyes and I'd be in Rivendell. Yeah, you know, uh, just so aesthetically, beautiful. like, like absolutely, just like stimulating yes. is like what like I would describe. And for a, a world, world that is so sexless, yeah. it's so funny that so many people had such like a strong sexual reaction to yeah. these films. Sure. I find that fascinating. Yeah, because it's very chaste. Yeah, I mean, even the kissing is very like, come on, use a little tongue, come on. Like in the the moments of like real intimacy are very much between men and it's like yeah. the kind of the homosocial okay. homoromantic aspect of this which let's yeah talk let's that. talk about it i i'm okay i feel very differently about it now but i was definitely one of those like not like the other girls girls who was sure like, i only have friends with i'm only friends with guys like, sure I'm pick me yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but something about a bromance just fucking got me going yeah like, i don't i don't feel that way anymore right you know, right right developed and grown and whatever and like you know more grounded in myself and have really strong female friendships mm-hmm. you know but like i loved the intimacy they that, that they had yeah there was a truthfulness that, yeah like, you're right wasn't in any of the other relationships yeah it's just also i mean, I watch gay porn so like yeah. <laughs> that was like my foray probably yeah. into gay porn was yeah. me being like i would love to see these boys kiss each other I mean, um i mean isn't that an entire genre like I feel yeah like are like, yeah yeah. yeah, there's it's like a long lineage of particularly like women and feminine people or like yeah. people socialized as women who like feel safer or like sexually aroused by yeah. gay porn. And it's so funny because we don't yeah. give men weird shit for like, oh, I guess we do. Like it's, it's problematic that straight men fetishize lesbianism, yeah. but it is like a whole like right. category of pornography that is like clearly not intended for women. Yeah. Um, but there's this like aspect of yeah. I think like when when in that movie when like men are male characters are paired with each other. Yeah. Um, they're allowed to be tender. Yes, in a way that they are super not in like life. Yeah. 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 And 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 when juxtaposed with like females or whatever female characters like they have to be more masculine yeah the women almost feel in the way yeah like poor Eowyn can we just oh poor one out for Eowyn I mean truly like uh, that was also kind of an awakening for me also because I'm I'm famously bisexual and a notorious bi and I think I read about it in the star yeah Yeah, (laughs) page six um but she 
notoriously I also like dark haired women who are mean to me yeah. but like I found Arwen to be kind of annoying yeah. and like Awen to be so badass and yeah. when she like takes off her helmet and her hair like flows out and oh, she's yeah. like I am no man and stabs the shit oh. out of the witch king so badass a sploosh yeah, yeah. Spl- yeah total sure, sploosh sure. Mm-hmm. yeah I think I think it shows like you know how toxic my mindset was because I found her like annoying. Oh my god! <laughs> was like, oh, like, oh, you think you can get Aragorn? Like, you know, ah! like, I felt that way. Even though, but I think it was self hatred. Totally. Because I'm. The You're A-win. more, yeah, the Awen, yeah. yeah, totally, and, like, yes. And I hated myself, and mm. so I hated her because not hated her, but, but you, I found her annoying because I was like, ugh. Like, yeah, anything too close exactly. to to you is gonna obviously irk you a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I wonder also, like, not to prescribe an experience onto you, but I do wonder if something about the the tenderness between the men like felt like a safe place to fantasize as like a young girl there's no like because none of these men are like sexually threatening right 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 they're pure love yeah yeah Yeah, i think that's right i I totally think that's right it's like a they access the deeper kind of love that overlaps with what sexual love could look like although this one was mostly sanitized from like sexuality yeah absolutely and I yes. think as a little Christian girl <laughs> you know my dad was a pastor like I wasn't allowed to wear spaghetti straps because it was like very purity culture um I like we did a whole purity ceremony like the whole thing um I would like signed a document that said I wouldn't have sex before marriage oh my god um, it was framed and up in my bedroom so this is where I was coming talk from. about baggage yeah <laughs> so I think you're right I think it was a safe place to like explore like this intimacy these very intense um, friendships yeah. and feelings. Yeah. And they're going through all these rigorous, you know, challenges together, going through the other side. Um, and they have this softness and tenderness mm. with one another. And it's just like this deep, it, 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 I feel like the way I wanted to like model looking for a partner yeah. is like Legolas and Aragorn. Like, yeah. yeah. Like that's what I wanted. They're, yeah, they're like, it's like a real partnership. And of course, like these relationships in the book yeah. written by Tolkien are like modeled after the relationships between the soldiers in yeah. the trenches in World right. War One. Yeah. And like there was so much gay shit going on in oh, World War One, sure. But like not to like mar it with like sexuality or whatever, but also like even beyond that, I think, yeah, the, in, the intimacy of like, the friendships you make when you're like in the face of like incredible danger and yeah. in, in death at any given moment, like it's really captured in that. And that's true. And it's interesting yeah. that you bring up the history of that because I mean, even in the 1800s or early 1900s, people knew that people had you know gay relations and they didn't actually care. It no, wasn't, like moralized. It wasn't a yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like, well, well, that's not going to be a way that you can get a dowry. The exactly. Very like practical very like, much you know? yeah it's yeah. like i think it's so funny because i'm have you watched did you watch gilded age at all yes ah! I last week. can we talk about her because oh my god i like okay i'm a down abby fan me too but like you know i watched it for the accents yeah know? i'm just gonna be honest yeah like, you know and i was like how good is an upstairs answer is gonna be when the accents are like mostly american and like kind of like weird <laughs> stilted ones like i think there's another I, I, was it called like Amazing or something? It was some like Canadian show that was like about set that, in the yeah. 1800s, and I was like, this is horrible. Everyone sounds weird. Like I, I don't like it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not tickling my brain. Totally. Me. But this was like delicious. And I think, Loved it. Yes, and of all the horny things, like definitely all the, all the corsets. Oh my god. Mm, yes. I love a good corset ripper. What's her name? Bertha. Which one? The, the um the new 
funny uh, woman? I only know she's um she's a Broadway actor by the name of um, Carrie Coons, Carrie Coons, and I don't so I don't like know a lot of the characters' yeah. names because I just call them like whatever it is yes. that I call them. Yes. But she's so fucking. She's hot in this. such a milf. It's milf to the nth degree so like here's what i'll say about gilded age is that like the writing (laughs) it's very much like i am in the room i am also in the room and what are you going to do when you leave the room i'm going exactly and then of course there's like you know the the black character who experiences racism and then the nice white character next to her being like that is just unjust i cannot abide racism and Oh, and she gives so her the shoes. Spoilers. Yes, the inclusion yeah. of black people at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, in the creative, in the creative team. Like, yeah. The director yeah. Absolutely. Black, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was that was really fascinating. But their depiction of queer characters was really interesting. Interesting, but like it's just like not at, at that time. I think the idea of like assigning that set of behaviors to an identity was just starting to happen. Like the real kind of event in which that happened was the trial of Oscar Wilde. That was like when like the idea of like gay, like homosexuality and heterosexuality as we know it, like today, like got its like footing there. But like in the Gilded Age, like at the time when these two gay characters are doing gay gay shit, they wouldn't have viewed it as that. They wouldn't have like been like, oh, we must hide our love because it was such like, the the, the the spheres of life were so separated yeah. that they could have just like hung out forever. Yeah. The only thing that got, they, they really got right was that the guy was like, well, I need to like get a wife yeah. so yeah. that I can continue living my that life this way. Yeah. yeah. That's what did seem like very normal. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I, and I think, yeah, I, I think that's so fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. She, I, yeah. I think they added that particular plot point, not because like it, there was so, there was so much gayness happening, but like, they were like, oh, we must hide our love. Like, that was very much, yeah. like, for the 21st century audience. Yes. I think, like, they were putting, like, 2022 gender and identity politics and racial politics onto, like, the Gilded Age. Yes. Or, like, you know, whenever it was written. Which we are also doing to Lord of the Rings yes. all the time. But, like, it's, I think, horniness finds a way. In the, and this is, like, purely proofed in the fact that so many people have come on here and talked yes. to me about, like, anthropomorphic animals yeah. in cartoons. Like, horniness finds a way. Oh, it'll find yeah. <laughs> I think, like, with Lord of the Rings, too, like, going back to, like, connecting to my background, you know, I grew up where in the summers we would have, like, Bible reading contests. Oh, my God. It was, like, okay. And then, and then I think some summers it was, like, I was assigned certain parts of the Bible to finish. Okay. (laughs) And, like, you do read a lot of this, like, kind of, like, very stilted, mythical shit, you know? It's, like, Greek mythology, but, like, more boring. Sure. Yes. Honestly, more rape and incest. I mean, maybe not more, but just It's, listen, I'm I'm Jewish. I'm I'm familiar with the the Torah, so don't, you can't shock me, but. there's, like, yeah, there's a lot of. It's stories, man. There is sex and fucked up shit in the Bible. And I, I, but there's also this like way of speaking, you Mm -hmm. know, this way of presenting things. Sure. Lord of the Rings kind of aligned with that. Totally. Yes. I see that. Tolkien knew what the fuck he was doing, you know, and he created this ethos and pathos within the work. Mm -hmm. um, That's both in the book. And some people would argue doesn't make it to the movie. I I disagree. I, I do as well. I had a film professor like in Cambridge and he was like, the movie is about 
walking, fighting, and then walking, and then fighting, and then walking, and then fighting. And I'm like, that is so reductive. Also, like, and then now when I watch it, though, I'm like, well, I guess they're technically walking, and now they're technically fighting. But that's like saying that a cake is like, well, that's just butter and eggs and cream and flour. Like that's it's reductive. That's so reductive. It's very it, it, it pisses me off to this day. Yeah. He's a great professor. Oh sure, but yeah. like no, that that was wrong with him. That I feel wronged. I'd like my money back. Yeah. That would be great. No, but like because if that was true, why did we feel so horny? Exactly. Exactly. And I think like this um this kind of uh the gravitas he was able mm. to achieve mm-hmm. this historical um authenticity in this non-historical place. Yeah. You know, but creating a historical era within our mind. Yes. I loved it. No, it fucking perfect work. design. Yeah. Per- so, I mean, on this topic, as we begin to wrap up to go to the winery, yeah. um, what do you think of the new show? You've seen the trailers? I just, <laughs> I, just I, I will wait to see, like, when it comes out. Sure. I will, I, I'll keep an open mind. Sure. I just think, like, this is my, you know, you know, I went to, I went to film school. You went to film school. Yeah, you went film, bro. Um, I think that the Lord of the Rings, that era of, of big movies, I don't think we're ever going to reachieve exactly what was done during that time because um, it was a mix of, it was a perfect apex of digital yep. and practical. Absolutely, effects. yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And like the reality that you're able to get, like with forced perspective versus just fucking faking it on a green screen. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's some ineffable shit that you can't quantify, but it's there. Yes. Like it's very similar to like, yes. with like you know, okay. So Abe always, ta- my husband always ta- tells me about how mixing, audio mixing has changed over time. Mm. He's like, if you listen to these earlier albums, like what you'll hear is the room. Mm. So it's not even that it's something with the voice that's added. It's something that is now removed that used to be there. The space between the mouth and the microphone, this, the sound of the room in, in and of itself. Fascinating. Been, because of advances. Right. Has been completely removed. Totally. And oh my God. It's not prioritized at all. That's sad. Anymore, unless like, yeah. you're going for a sound like that. Totally. So, totally. That's how I feel about that era. I feel really similarly actually. Cause I, oh. I think what makes these movies timeless and what makes them hold up and. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ever, are we late? <laughs> well, we'll begin wrapping up. I'll say my last thought. But is, no, you're absolutely right. Like, it's the it, the practical effects and, like, yeah, there was CGI, but, like, the fact that they lean so heavy on practicals means that the movie's going to age so much better. Yeah. It's not going to look like garbage in a couple years. No. Avatar. No. <laughs> so, yeah. um, we, and, like, the yeah. CGI enhanced mm-hmm. the world. Like, yeah. it really enhanced yeah. the practical effects. It built it out. It mm-hmm. wasn't just reliant. Yes, but also jobs and like the amount of like care and detail like that you can, the craftsmanship. Also, just like I feel uncomfortable anytime a movie or TV show relies too heavily on um, CGI. If it's not like if it's not like um, an animated movie, um, it's like you're exploiting ununionized workers. Like I know it. I just know you are, and you're doing it because it's cheaper. And like, what does that mean? Um, But we we need to start wrapping up so we can go to the winery. We gotta go get drunk. I have two more questions. Um, This one is a bit of a longer question, but like, what was your like sex education experience? You kind of told me a little bit about it because you got a purity ball or whatever. Not to plug my podcast. Oh, please plug your podcast. Um, If you want to hear it uh, in full, uh, my podcast is Two More Yotes. Yes. I have a a solo episode where I talk about my the sexual miseducation of Priscilla. 
amazing episode. Um, yeah, and I, I think it was a combination of purity culture of like, you belong to a man, everything about your pleasure is about being uh, beholden to the person that you find that's your husband. Mm-hmm. And it was very like, I mean, gender identity was not even like discussed at all. It was so dichotomous, you know? Um, and then the flip side was like self-taught, like self-teaching through Cosmo. <laughs> you know? Thank so, you for bringing her up. Yeah, the accurate shit, you know? Yeah, tie a scrunchie around his dick kind of yes, stuff. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, like starting a fire, you know? Um, but, and none of it was accurate and all of it was so, so entrenched in the patriarchal structure. So much, yeah. And so it took me a really long time to find this sensual sexual being that I am mm-hmm. not in service to kind of like we were talking about the beginning of yeah. when you were like fucking out there I'm out here fucking. sucking and fucking yes. yeah but like that's what like that's Cosmo to me totally like, very much like yeah yeah you're going from one extreme to the other with purity culture yes. into Cosmo culture but that's still the same like rotten root yes. yeah and it's like fake feminism totally you know? it's fake you totally know, freedom and whatnot and enlightenment it's all mm-hmm. fake and so yeah I think that was my sexual kind of Fuck. Yeah. Well, and thank God you had Lord of the Rings. Uh, to- yeah, that really taught me about sex. Yes. You know, thrill, you know yeah. Ooh, Ooh, hot. Ooh, yeah, that that weird. Yes, ah, baby. That's hot. Um, where can you be found on the internet? Should you want to be found? Yes. Yeah. Um, trying to just work out why we have the hangups that we have, why how we fall prey to the model minority, um, and just the fact that like even as as Asian American women, we're sexualized in a way that doesn't belong to us, uh, and we're just trying to reclaim that. Yes. It's still fucking sexy. Yeah. It's not your fucking. It's not y- exactly yes. Incredible. It's such a good podcast, you guys. It's one of my favorites. Give it a listen. Oh, thank you. My God. Of course. My last question before we go get drunk is, did that do it for you? Oh, my God.